For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. How are you? A little sleepy from the weather we've had the past couple of days. I was just going to say, McCall's tired. Uh, let's see. It is one <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, June 11th, and June 10th, and June 9th. We had back to back severe weather. But mm-hmm. June 10th, McCall, every, almost every single storm in the Miami Valley had a severe thunderstorm warning on it. Like, every yeah, it, one was triggered. Y- we went from not having anything to explosive thunderstorms in a matter of an hour and a half to two hours was really as long as the event lasted. Yep. And um, I was working with meteorologist Dante Jones, and as the storms were coming through, I was seeing all of these wind potentials over 70 miles per hour, yet I wasn't hearing anything about damage. And then as soon as the storms passed through and the sun came out, then like all of the damage reports started coming in because people went outside to check it out. And unfortunately, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of tree damage across the area. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, It was also, I think a reason why people probably didn't even know or they couldn't go out as these storms were occurring. Um, Some people had shared video of like their ring cameras. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have like some 60 mile per hour wind gusts coming through with those storms, you couldn't see anything. So it really right. was, they waited until once the storm passed and it was bright sunshine. After these storms mm-hmm. rolled through, it was actually a pretty good evening. It was still kind of windy, but um, you know, the rest of the night, the, the threat was gone once we got done with those storms. So it was kind of funny that like you couldn't yeah. see anything. And then once you did, you were like, oh, our trampolines all the mm-hmm. way over there. Yeah, bye-bye trampoline and bye-bye boat. We actually got a video of somebody's boat getting caught in the winds. It was parked in its driveway and just got caught in these very high winds. Yeah, literally it blew away. Um, I think we did have one injury, maybe two. So our, you know, Mm -hmm. we're thinking of them um, as I I didn't get much of an update on how their status was, but Mm -hmm. it had to do with trees falling. It's so scary at this time of year. Definitely need to be um, you know, if you're outside, if you're camping, we have the threat for storms, make sure you would know where you would go. Um, yeah, exactly. So, but the good thing is now that the trees have, uh, the, not the trees, since the weather has improved, um, we have great weather for the upcoming weekend and people can get outside and enjoy. Yeah. So I think everybody uh, is enjoying the break from the high heat, the humidity, and the fact that we just get sunny quiet weather for a couple days in a row. So we thought it would be great, especially since we're going from that spring into summertime, um, to have a naturalist on, someone who is an expert when it comes to not only our state parks, but also our waterways, rivers, our area lakes and creeks. Um, Because we have a lot of people who enjoy water recreation, whether it's canoeing or kayaking, or a lot of people have boats that they dock and uh, they want to get out some have already gotten out. So we have Aaron Shaw with us this week, and Aaron is a naturalist for ODNR. And specifically, Aaron, I'm pretty sure that you are at Caesar Creek State Park currently, correct? Correct. Welcome, Erin. Uh, so Erin got her master's in education in 2005. As I mentioned, she works at Caesar Creek State Park specifically. She's actually won several awards for uh, being a naturalist. And I think, it, let me look here a little bit closer. Yeah, for different programs for Teacher of the Year, which is really neat. So 2011 and 2013, you won two awards for that. 
Um, so Erin, for someone who might not know, well, what, what does that mean? She's a naturalist. What is that? Like talk a little bit about what your title is um, with ODNR specifically. Uh, that's funny. That's one of the um, most questions I get, actually. I do uh, all kinds of things, actually. I do uh, trail maintenance and like um, volunteer management. And uh, I have a nature center with lots of animals. And people come in, you know, I run programs. And I do a lot of water safety programs, too, like canoe, kayak. We've got um, sailing kayaks and um, PWC, which is like a uh, jet ski type thing. So I teach water safety. That's, that's part of my job. That's awesome. And why we wanted to talk to you. <laughs> so with quarantine, McCall, I know that we kind of talked about this a little bit. You know, we noticed that the moment it got hot, people were really starting mm -hmm. it out. So yeah. So the question is, is, you know, whether you're a first time person on the water or an experienced person on the water. I mean, safety is, is first and foremost. And getting into the warmer months of the year, oftentimes you may forget how cold the water is. And can, can you talk a little bit about that? I can. And actually, that's one of the, the biggest problems is because, yes, it's a hot day. You're super, you know, you're anxious to get out there waiting for the weather. Finally, a nice warm day. Even if you stick your toe in on the top level of the water, it might be feel a little bit warm. But if you jump in and then as you get deeper, of course, it's going to get colder. So um, that cold water is, is one of the number one killers, actually. In, in the lake. So you have to be very careful. We use a 120 rule, 120 degrees. So really the, the daytime, the air temperature and the water temperature added together should equal 120. That's just a rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole lot to it, but just remember, yes, the water is cold in the spring. What is something that could happen, I guess? Is it shock? Is it breathing problems? Like what, um, I guess, what is the danger if you jump in and say the water's in the 60s? Uh, what is that main concern for someone who could be a good Well, solution? right. You have that initial shock, just like if you get in the shower and you have it on cold accidentally and it kind of takes your breath, uh, you know, that gasp. And so you have to be ready for that. And hypothermia can set in quickly. So if you do fall into cold water, the best thing to do is to stay huddled up in a, in a bowl. Like keep your armpits tucked in, keep your legs tucked up to your chest, try to keep your core warm. If you have a group of people, you can all kind of huddle together okay. and keep that, keep your temperature up. When people maybe want to do canoeing or kayaking uh, this time of year, because the water, like you said, it takes time. I mean, we, we could have several 90 degree days. It helps slowly, but it's a slow process to get that water temperature up. Um, would you suggest wetsuits or dry suits? Like, what can someone do if maybe they are going to canoe and you don't want to fall out of your canoe or your kayak, but it's a possibility. So what can they do to kind of take those extra safety steps right now? Yeah, the type of clothing that you wear is important because cotton can actually, if it gets wet, it actually takes the heat out of your body. So if you have layers so, you know, the, the layer against your skin, like a dry wicking type something. And then if you have a fleece with you, because fleece can get wet or wool, that can get wet and still keep you warm. Okay. You know, and uh, like footwear, if you have um, 
the uh, we like strap-on sandals are great, but if you have something that can enclosed toed shoes to help keep your feet warm. Okay. Can you speak to uh, the amount of rain that we've had recently and how it may or may not be impacting any of our waterways? Yeah, the rain has a huge impact also on the lake and the river, especially Caesar Creek because its job, the purpose of Caesar Creek Lake is to flood. It's a flood control lake. So when it rains, they hold back the water, the lake is going to flood, it's gonna happen. And so when people come to our boat ramps, you know, you just have to, to know that and be aware of that. Um, there are a few boat docks, like North Pool is usually better, um, the campground, Wellman Meadow, boat ramp. Each boat ramp is a little bit different, mm -hmm. but when it's flooded, um, sometimes they are underwater, so be prepared for that. Sometimes there's a long wait to get into North Pool, so just be very patient. There is a definite like boat dock etiquette, uh, like a sequence, you know, first you go here and unstrap your boat and do this and this, and then you go to this next spot and do this and this and this and to, to the next spot. So there's a boat dock etiquette. And people need to know that first time boaters probably don't. And it's very frustrating sometimes when you're waiting in line for hours because people are not really sure what they're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can look that up online. There's videos on, um, on that sequence. Um, but yes, be aware of uh, fluctuating water levels, especially at Caesar, it's its job to flood. Mm -hmm. And then also in the lake, because when it floods, it breaks loose all this debris, like logs and snags, and that can become a big problem. And then once the water level comes back to normal, the Corps of Engineers, you know, we're gonna start releasing water from the lake. So even though the river might look completely normal, then you can call the Corps of Engineers and and ask them when they're gonna release, but they might have a big water release. So all of a sudden the water level is going to increase rapidly because they open the dam. Mm. So be very aware of the water before you go. Mm. That's definitely good to make sure you're checking, um, you know, before you take your family out and before you guys do get into the water. Um, what about with our rivers and some of our creeks? I know like some people, even just the river, you may want a tube or if you can do like the kayak, kayaking or canoeing, um, how does the water, I mean, we know as meteorologists, when we get rain and the, the rivers will rise, you know, it flows basically north to south. So we'll start to see the water recede and some of the great Miami up in like Sydney or something, and it would take longer in Dayton and then eventually down towards Middletown. But how would someone um, kind of gauge that? If maybe, let's say, it rained like it did yesterday, it stormed, and they want to get out on the water today, what is some things maybe in their mind mentally that they could check off or to keep in mind before they just get out on the water with a canoe? And maybe they haven't done much of that kind of thing before. Yeah. Um, it's going to be muddy and there's snags. So if you're bringing your family, you might want to wait actually until a, a better day because um, it definitely can uh, bring up some problems. The snags are probably the, the worst because you know you have a fallen log and then your boat or your whatever you're in can get caught. Mm -hmm. I've 
I've have had it happen to me. I've seen it happen. <laughs> so be most aware. And there could be things under the water that you, you can't see that's been washed down by the flood. Okay. So just be very, very, very careful. You might want to call one of the liveries, okay. you know, up and downstream both and ask them, are there any snags? Are there any, you know, just ask them for feedback that way. Okay. Um, one thing that we did kind of notice so far this spring is we have had quite a few water rescues. Do you think that um, some of that has to do with just people have been in quarantine and maybe they were just itching to get out and not necessarily you know, taking those extra steps to think about safety. I feel like because a lot of people have just been cooped up, one of the things locally they could do is go to our local parks and waterways, and they should. It's it, We have a great resource here in the Miami Valley. Uh, but what can some people, I guess, uh, prepare themselves and their families for? Because it, it is one of this, you know, I guess one of the first things that we're able to reopen uh, was being able to get out to the water. So I guess what can people think about? Yes, be ready for a, a crowd. I have never seen the park so busy, ever. <laughs> I've worked there, I'm going into my 13th year, wow. and it's the most busy I've ever, ever, ever seen it. So the, there's huge, you know, it's great to see people out with their family, enjoying time, it's, but just be ready for that. You know, be patient um, with people, be kind and pack your lunch, um, bring your hand sanitizer. Not all of our restrooms are open yet okay. for various reasons. So please bring, um, be prepared for that, yeah. you know? And if you bring trash, please take it out. Our staff right now is, is limited. Our budget is very limited. So we need the help of our park visitors to help keep it nice for everyone. Yes. So every year, um, I know at all of our variety of lakes, we hear a lot about algae blooms and things like that and, and water testing. What do you guys do um, as far as testing the waters and making sure it's healthy for the people to get in there? Yep. Um, every two weeks, we test it around. And then if we see uh, like a red flag or something, and then we'll go out and test it daily. So um, there is a uh, website, it's called Ohio Beach Guard. Mm -hmm. that you can go and check all of Ohio waterways or beaches and it will have the information on there, you know, uh, updated. Yeah. Now, I know that we get a lot of people that get upset when we talk about uh, algae blooms or the water might have some contaminants in it. That doesn't mean you can't go boating on the water and things like that. Usually it's oftentimes of maybe you shouldn't be swimming in the water, correct? That's correct. It depends on what algal blooms are are normal. Um, occasionally there will be a harmful algal bloom, which you have to be more careful or more aware of. Um, yes, if you get in the in the water in your boat, should be fine. Be careful with the spray, like if you're skiing or something like that with the water coming up into your face. Um, but otherwise, there's still a lot of people out, you know, it's at your own own risk. Of course, you want to look into it and be very educated before you go. And then please, as you're coming off the water, it's very important to spray and clean off all of your boating equipment so that you're not transporting that to another waterway. That's a good point. I would have probably not actually thought about that, <laughs> but it makes sense. 
<laughs> yeah, when it comes to water, I think there's just a lot of safety things um, that you have to go through a checklist, which you were, you know, discussing, Erin, you know, the checklist of check on the water before you go. How cold is it? How do I prepare for it? How do I dress for it? it you know, is there any toxins in the water that I need to just be aware of? Um, and then not only before, but then afterward, like you said, spray things down. Are there any other tips for, you know, first time boaters, first time, uh, you know, swimmers, mm -hmm. um, lake goers, because lakes are different than rivers and oceans. They are for sure. There's a course called OBEC. It's Ohio Boating Education Course. And by law, just like if you get your driver's license, you have to go through a course and pass a test and you get a card that's your driver's license. By law, if you're going to be driving a boat that's over 10, horse 10 horsepower or greater, you have to take this OBEC course if you're born after 1982. But for me, like I'm, I'm old enough where I'm grandfathered in, I don't necessarily have to take this course. But even so, I've taken it, in fact, I teach it. And I've been through it maybe 10 times. I learn something new each time. Mm -hmm. I would, there's an online course and there's study guides. There's little um, like animated video quizzes that helps refresh your knowledge. If the wind is blowing this direction, you know, how should you dock or how should you bank? Which lines should you cast off first? Uh, kind of rules of the road out in the waterway, which way boats pass this way and that way. And who has the, the, um, the right away, you know. So that's called OBEC, Ohio Boating Education. There's a free course, there's study guides. If you're home, you're waiting for the next warm day, you know, you're all excited to get on the water. This is a fantastic, excellent, absolutely, in fact, necessary, I think. And by law, if you're born before or <laughs> after 1982, you have to take this course if you're gonna be driving a boat. Awesome. Um, what other, we don't have to just talk about water now that we're heading into summer. Um, I know the staff is limited for you, but as you know, things continue to reopen, do you have any programs you're excited about or anything at Caesar Creek that you just want people to know about as we start to get towards our summer months now? Our trails are in excellent condition and, uh, we've got a lot of trails, about 80 miles of trails to explore. So there's a whole bunch of them. There are horse trails, there's mountain bike trails, hiking trails. We've got a swinging bridge. It's 103 foot long. You know, it looks like a big jungle bridge. That's and so uh, there's a waterfall and just, uh, you can get a um, permit and go fossil collecting. So there's all kinds of things to do. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have to just be in the water. And especially like this weekend, we're going to be in the low 70s. So it'd probably be more fun to go enjoy those trails than try to brave uh, some of the cold water anyways. McCall, do you have anything else that you've been thinking about when it comes to water safety in the summertime? Uh, not necessarily water safety. And I don't even know, Erin, if you'll have this answer, but it's something I've been noticing on the Great Miami and the Dayton area is it looks like there might be more tree debris. And I was curious if maybe some of the tree debris is from the Memorial Day outbreak. I know up in the Stillwater River, there were a ton of trees that were ripped down. And, you know, whether or not that's what it is, can you explain a little bit of the science of how water works and really it, it can pick up a big tree and carry it down miles? Yes. So what I think is happening 
is a lot of those trees that you're seeing are dead ash trees. So we had the emerald ash borer come through a couple of years ago and have devastated, basically killed almost every ash tree. And these could be very large trees. They're still standing. There are very large limbs. They're, they're dead standing trees. So when the wind blows, they break very easily. I, that's what I think is happening. Is that oh. the wind and it just, you know, topples these trees. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And again, that's all I had. Yeah, that's really, I forgot about that, McCall. That's, that's definitely an interesting question. And thank you, Erin. That's a good point. Um, and again, watch for the debris in the waterways because we mm -hmm. did have a Memorial Day outbreak. Those trees are, is that a snag, I guess? Is that what you'd consider a snag would be like having tree debris in the river and that kind of thing? Yeah, and it gets up against the bank. Uh, and so, yeah, it, uh, yeah. it lets the water flow, but it, you can get kind of like trapped or, you know, caught up in it. Yeah. I noticed up in the, uh, uh, in the Dayton area, there was a lot of trees. And then as soon as the water receded, they kind of just got stuck onto the bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's all those dead ash trees. And I think that's going to continue. Yeah. That, well, yeah, like you said, it could be any, it doesn't have to just be from the outbreak, but like you said, any strong wind event that we would have from thunderstorms and that kind of thing. If it's a dead tree, it doesn't take much. Yes. Yep. That'll definitely be something interesting to watch out for. Um, real quick, Erin, would you just do a quick review? If I'm a family and we have been stuck inside and we really just want to get out and uh, enjoy Caesar Creek, um, what is just a quick checklist that I can go through? Uh, what's the website I should check to make sure the water's safe? That kind of thing real fast for a family. Okay. Um, first and foremost, go um, with a very positive attitude. There, there might be a lot of people if the parking lot is full, you know, be open, go somewhere else, be kind. If you bring in trash, bring out your trash. Um, and you can call either the visitor center or the um, nature center. So we've got uh, Corps of Engineers and Ohio Department of Natural Resources. So there's two organizations out there. And uh, you could go to CaesarCreekStatePark.com. We've got a Facebook page, Caesar Creek State Park on Facebook. And, um, you know, uh, or uh, what is it? OhioStateParks.gov. All of those sites will have lots of information. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Erin. Um, this was really educational. I did not know that tip about the water temperature and the air temperature 120 rule. Didn't know about that. Uh, so that is super interesting. And Caesar Creek sounds great. Um, I mean, we know it is, but I do think it, we are very blessed to have so many um, state parks, water resources here in the Miami Valley. It's nature and it's free. So so and it's healthy it's healthy yes. really <laughs> yes. exactly well thank you so much for joining us Erin and thank you to all of our listeners and watchers if you want to watch again subscribe download on your Apple podcast app on your phone uh, Google Play Stitcher you can also watch this video on our streaming devices uh, it's also on Amazon Fire Apple TV and your Roku if you have a smart TV app just look for W-H-I-O, it will be there. And uh, you can watch this in past episodes. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.